0: Hi, this is Jason. Before we hop into this week's episode of the Speak with People podcast, I want to make sure you knew about two exciting opportunities. The first is Have you heard about our healthy communication skills training program for your company or organization? This is an opportunity for you to invest and build in the communication culture of your organization. When you do, we know and we have seen that staff morale, staff unity, Go through the roof and you'll be able to deepen your customer and client relationships by building a healthy and strong communication culture. The second is this. We're in this series called How to Tell a Really Good Story. We have a free gift for you. If you just go to speakwithpeople.com slash really good story, there's a free download that will help you walk through how you can tell a really good story. Now Get ready for this week's episode of the Speak with People Podcast. Well, welcome to the Speak with People Podcast. My name is Jason Raitz. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Here at Speak with People, we believe that healthy communication is oxygen for relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one to a team from a stage or from behind a screen, we really hope that the time that you listen to this interview, this podcast today will encourage you, inspire you, challenge you to communicate in healthy ways. Because when you do, we've found that you really will change your world with your communication. Well, today we continue this incredible series, How to Tell a Really Good Story. Storytelling is just an important skill for uh, personal relationships and business relationships. And so if you've missed any, head to slash podcast. You can catch up, or you can head to our YouTube page and get all of the podcasts that are part of the series. So, as we continue this series on storytelling, is there a secret sauce to storytelling? Why are some leaders able to tell stories that draw everybody in and capture their attention? And some leaders uh, s- some leaders tell stories and people don't listen at all. What What is the difference? Well, get ready for a great episode because we have a special guest, Lori Robertson, and she's talking about some of – uh, these secrets. We're going to dive into storytelling. We're going to dive deep into this world. We're going to discover how things like authenticity, charisma, confidence, these are some of the key ingredients to captivating people, keeping your audience uh, listening. And so I'm so excited to have Lori with us. She's a speaker. She's a speaker coach for professional women. Uh, she speaks to audiences of leaders all over the place, helping them understand uh, and their influence and and how to communicate in better ways. In her coaching work, she leads female business leaders and owners and executive level leaders to clarity and confidence in their message. She's just a phenomenal leader. I learned so much from following her on LinkedIn. It's absolutely incredible. Every one of her posts, I'm like, okay, I, I just, I, I became a better leader and communicator. So Lori, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We just, I'm so excited for this interview.
1: Jason, I'm just I'm excited to talk to you. I love that you're doing a whole series focused on story because it's super powerful as we'll talk about and I am, I'm just honored to have a seat at the table. I'm excited for our conversation and appreciate you including me with a great group of story-driven leaders that you've assembled for this series.
0: I love it. I love it. Uh, so, before we hop into you know conversation about story, maybe you can give us a little bit of your story. W- where, what do you do? Where are you from? All that kind of stuff.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, I so Jason, my claim to fame in terms of my professional experience, the most remarkable and noteworthy thing I've ever been part of was that I spent ten years producing a large scale women's tour called Women of Faith and. Wow was two day events in NBA and NHL arenas around the country. We did 28 or 30 of them a year. And at our peak, our average attendance was 14,000. So you can imagine weekend after weekend, we were filling arenas with women who came together to laugh and learn and be inspired and be encouraged and and just link arms for one weekend doing life together in a Mm. way that made an incredible impact and my job there was as producer of the event i booked the talent and i worked with the speakers i had the opportunity to be part of crafting the program the experience wow. that, uh, that the women engaged in each weekend and then uh, about halfway through my time together i was asked if i would consider stepping from behind the scenes onto the stage to start MCing the events wow and, and jason i had nothing but a really awkward college speech class to to bring to the table and the only person i'd ever seen emcee these events was my boss the president of of women of faith a woman named mary graham who was mm. as genuinely authentically naturally connecting and winsome as anyone i've ever known Ugh. and um i was I knew it was a really long shot that I could make it work, but I was determined because I wanted to play a bigger part in these events that really were changing lives. And I wanted to help Mary. And I knew it was an incredible opportunity for me personally and professionally. And so sort of dug in and figured it out uh, with lots of awful, (laughs) awkward moments along the way. But it set me on a path, both sitting by the stage with these masterful communicators leaders encouragers storytellers weekend after weekend and having a front row seat to the greatest leader i've ever known who was also a natural storyteller Mm. um it i'm just absolutely sold out for the impact we can make with our words and our stories when we share what we've learned and experienced along the way with other people so that's that's the focus of my work specifically helping more women recognize yeah. the value in their stories, get some clarity and confidence around it, and then leverage that message to grow their business, to grow their impact, and to change the world. That's yep. that's why we're here, to help one another.
0: Wow, wow, I love that. I, I just, I mean, what a, what a wild experience to go from, you know, hey, you know, I'm doing all the behind the scenes stuff to, it, it's, you know, that first time, I bet it was pretty daunting, you know, in front of thousands of people. <laughs> it, it
1: absolutely was. It's funny that I, um, I I did something that in hindsight is really ridiculous, but it absolutely made sense to me at the time. And I, because of my job, I didn't just get to sit by the stage for these hours every weekend. I also had access to the footage. Uh, and so I went back and I watched hours of Mary footage. And I made myself a little Mary-like script. And I went out <laughs> and bought a little Mary-like suit. And the first weekend we were in Calgary, there were 6,000 in the room. And I walked up that stage and I got my Mary Graham on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. It, uh,
1: and it the experience taught me one of one of the first lessons and, and one of the primary things we all need to know when it comes to leadership or communication and I every week we would ask for evaluations and we would send that to a data entry company and we'd get that info back the following midway through the following week and certainly i always cared because that was my job but you can imagine this week i was a little more emotionally invested in what we would get (laughs) and um the funny thing is i'm just scrolling through this excel sheet with hundreds of entries and nobody said anything about the MC. Good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. Until truly one of the very last ones and a woman said uh the Mary Graham clone creeps me out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I
1: thought, well, aim at the truth? Because when you're not being yourself, yeah, it's it's apparent. It's like wearing a suit that doesn't quite fit. We can yep. we can't always put our finger on what's off, but we can tell that it's off. Yep. But um but having the opportunity to lean into a persona that wasn't exactly mine, even though it wasn't, it wasn't the right thing to do, it gave me the courage I needed to walk up those steps for the first time. Yep, And to do it until I could figure out the Lori Robertson way.
0: Yep. Absolutely. So sometimes
1: and- it's borrowing courage from someone else that gets you yep. over that hump.
0: Oh, that's so good. And that's, I mean, thats absolutely normal. I mean, young communicators, new communicators, that's, that's what we do. We were gravitated to her. I mean, that was me in my early twenties, you know, when I first started communicating, I wanted to be, you know, these other communicators. And one of the things we, when we take people through to speak with people coaching is we try to help them find their communication identity, you know, and yep. say, okay, you're not Louie Giglio, you know, you're not, yeah. you know, uh, wh- whoever you're, you, yes. you can learn things from them, but yes. yeah, that's, that's a great journey. Yeah. Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it really is finding that balance because we all always have things to learn from yes. master communicators. It's just a matter of them not imitating that, but thinking, you know, what's the Lori version of that? What's the Jason version yep. of that? And uh, taking the good, but making it your own.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, so, you know, what initially drew you? To the to storytelling. Like how did you start, you know, getting, you know, connected to storytelling? When was that first like, ooh, I I ooh, I really like this. I really like to do this. Really mm-hmm. love, love the art of it. Take us back to your journey.
1: You know what's funny? Um, my mom loves to tell. You know, our parents are great at remembering every dumb thing we've ever done and, <laughs> and reminding us anytime we forget what morons we've been in life. And uh my my mom tells how i used to I, when i was very young i was a really great storyteller i loved to sort of command the room and tell this great story of what we did sunday after church or or where we went on vacation the problem was i wasn't as committed to the truth as i was to the performance mm. and so when i was a kiddo i would make up these great stories but i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't reveal that they were made up and i would t- share them you know as if they were true and so my my parents you know helped me understand the difference there but um but i've always loved a good story and i'm i am a reader and um i also on like strengths finder one of my strengths is learner and i love mm. digging in and learning just for its own sake and so when i knew this opportunity to step up as a speaker as the mc at women of faith was what i wanted to do i was really determined to figure it out and the way i know to figure things out is to ask a lot of questions and learn from people who know and so i leaned in and i studied a ton about public speaking fear you know the first thing i had to do was manage the sweating and the shaking you know the physical then getting your mind right that you know all the voices that tell us especially as women You're not an expert. Who are you to do this? You might screw it up. But then how do you get more confident? How do you lean into these things that work? And one of the things that just works is story. Mm. Story speaks exactly to how we are wired biologically and physiologically. And I knew that I love to tell a good story. And if story is the tool that helps me really connect with people in a meaningful and lasting way, that's a win win.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, our family, my, my wife and mom and her, their friends, they, they attended many women of faith events. And, you know, any of us after we attend an event or that's why I love big events is sometimes when, you know, the organizers wrap the story around it. I mean, that's what you remember. That's what, you know, it yes. leaves that, you know, that crazy impact for yeah. forever to come. I can, you know, I can remember, you know, diff- sitting in different stadiums around the country for different events. When there was a moment in that stadium that impacted me so much, and mm-hmm. I mean, story has that way; it's just incredible. Yes. Yeah. So some some uh, speakers uh, leaders can tell a story uh, in a way that captivates. Some people, yes. they're you know they're, they want to be able to tell. Is there any? Have you found it? Is there any you know secret sauce? Is there any you know things that stick out? Any good ingredients to stories that can help people kind of lean into you know better storytelling?
1: Absolutely. You know, I think just like when I was the Mary Graham clone, we we really miss the mark when we are focused on ourselves. You know, anytime we're Mm -hmm. afraid, it's we're thinking about ourselves, not not about the the person in front of us. And I think that when it comes to using story, we can really get in our own heads in a way that interferes with the impact where we're trying to make. And and if I If I'm talking to a group of leaders about the power of story, one of the first things is helping them recognize the power of story and doubt your doubts. Because inevitably, if you talk to a a room of leaders and you want to encourage them to lean into the power of story, there are some people in the room who are already thinking, I don't have any good stories. No one cares about my stories or everyone's already heard all of my best stories. And objectively, none of those are true. If you're a human being who's lived more than 20 minutes and has a mind to remember and a voice yep. or, or a pen to share, you've got stories worth sharing. And it, it is more valuable to pay attention to your everyday moments than to think if you've not climbed Everest or won the Super Bowl, you don't have a good story to share. Mm-hmm. It's those stories are really hard to share because you and I can't relate to them. Yep. But yep. some of my some of my favorite stories to tell are the thing that happened when I went to the library that day, or the thing that happened when I was out running, or the thing that someone funny someone said something funny to me at the bank. Yep. Like you take those everyday moments and start looking at them through the lens of story possibilities. And then you you really have a treasure trove of moments that are relatable that we can connect with emotionally, but also illustrate these great points and principles that you as a leader want to share. It's those stories are everywhere. It's more a matter of tuning your brain to look for stories that you can share. And then leaning into the story principles we know make a story more impactful and crafting that story and giving it a try and then going again and going again. Because just like everything else, nothing feels natural until you've done it enough right. that you have some muscle memory around
0: right. it. Oh, that's so good. I would be rich if the amount of people who you know have said to me, I don't have any stories like you, you know, If I got a dollar for each of those. We all do. You're you're exactly right. Like we just have to pay attention to those moments because, you know, we're we're able to uh, live in a way that teaches people and shows them that. I love that. That's incredible.
1: Well, and the great thing is our brains really do, you know, we put our, we put our minds to work solving problems all the time. It's just, unfortunately, I put my brain to work solving problems that don't need solved the things I'm worried about and, you know, the things I can't do anything about. But when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change as Wayne Dyer said. And if you, if someone mentions to you a red Jeep, all of a sudden you start seeing red Jeeps everywhere and you think, where did all these red Jeeps come from? (laughs) And it's the same with stories. You kind of light that spark. And then you start paying attention to your life unfolding and think, Oh my gosh, I could use that. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to tell this. Oh, that's a great illustration for this principle or this point. It it it's really yep. dozens of moments unfolding around us every day. Um and truly your brain will start serving them up better when you ask it to.
0: I love that. I love that. And it could be as simple as just opening up a note on your phone when something happens wow. to you and just kind of put down the details, you know? So you're like, yep. oh, that's uh, did that yeah. really happen? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
1: The, uh, so you have Matthew Dix, the writer of Storyworthy, yes. and that's a great book. It's one of the books I absolutely would recommend to anyone who's, who is interested in, um, leaning into the power of story. And he is a great one to learn from because he has great stories. He's great yep. at telling. Yep. And, uh, but one of the things he suggests is creating a log where every single day, you ask yourself, what shareable story did I experience today? And it, I think there's a lot more there when yep. you force yourself to start looking at it. And he also shares what people have, the feedback people have given him about the value of just looking at your life through the lens of daily value. Mm. And I, I think we all, have a lot more maybe to appreciate and a lot more to be grateful for if we pay attention to the gifts we receive every day versus just going on about our business way too busy to pause in that way. I know that's true of me.
0: Absolutely, I agree 100%. That's a great way to look at that. Yeah, and the, the, the story log, the story journal idea, I mean, it's especially for, I mean, speakers in general, we should be doing this, you know, I mean, looking for those opportunities because especially if you're a parent with kids, I mean, you're going to have just a treasure trove, you know, of opportunities to be able to share different things. So as, as we're like walking down the story road, authenticity, you know, obviously plays a big factor when we're, you know, sharing our stories. Have you ever had a moment or is there an example that kind of illustrates how, you know, you've had to use authenticity in a story, you know, to, to kind of elevate the impact, to teach people a lesson or something.
1: Absolutely. So, um, every great thing I know about most things in life, but certainly about story, about communication, about creating experiences, I learned from my boss, Mary Graham, who I mentioned Mm. to you and Mary would say, um, nobody cares what happened when you got it all right. We want to know what happened when everything went wrong. You know, what did you do? What did you learn that will help me for the challenge I'm facing? And Mary didn't just talk the talk, but she walked it and and a fabulous example of, um, of impactful, authentic storytelling. So let's go back to the Mary Graham clone first event. Someone said, you know, the Mary Graham clone, So my favorite part of that story is not just that I learned this great lesson about the importance of being yourself and a shareable lesson. But my favorite part of that story is what Mary did. Mary Mary didn't have to address it with me at all. Certainly, I got the message, but Mary did what she so often did. And she told me a story Mm. and Mary had spent 35 years working for a college ministry called Campus Crusade. And in her early days with Crusade, she produced events on college campuses. And she still remembered decades later what one person wrote on a comment card at her first event. And that person wrote, I loved everything but the girl in the gray dress. And Mary said, would you like to guess what I was wearing? (laughs) And then she said, we all know how it feels sometimes to be the girl in the gray dress. Ooh and it will get better. And I hope you will stick with it. Wow. And I did and it did. But look at what Mary did in that moment. She didn't just help drive home the, the lesson, but she created another of 1000 moments of <sighs> emotional connection that as my leader, it just inspired even more trust and loyalty and gave her Wow. An even greater voice into my life to influence and impact me and everyone around us in positive ways. And that, that is the power of story as a leader. That's a, a perfect example of it. That's
0: powerful. That's Isn't powerful. it good? Oh, that's powerful. You know, yeah. cause it's, uh, uh, people use words so flippantly, right? We just, we sure. take our words for granted. It's one of the things we're passionate about with speak with people. Uh, you know, we kind of pulled this from Proverbs 10, 11, that says the mouth of a Good person is a deep life giving well, speaking mm-hmm. with people. And then the mouth yes. of the wicked is a dark cave of abuse. Those yeah. words, I mean, Mary, like she experienced those how many, how many years ago they right. were still fresh. That's how powerful, you know, yeah. our words are. Yeah. And we as leaders, we, we get to choose to use them in powerful ways that resonate with people. Right. And that's just, uh, that's just so incredible. Yeah. I love that. So. so and- when it comes to storytellers and, and people who are telling stories, leaders, I mean, charisma is, you know, a a part of it. Some, you know, some folks are like, well, I don't have any charisma. I don't know what to do. You know, Uh, (laughs) you know, is there any way for, you know, somebody who's struggling with charisma or, you know, they just don't feel comfortable in front of a camera. You know, you and I, we coach a lot of people who, you know, speak in front of cameras and it, it is difficult to get to a place where you feel like you're talking to an actual human being and not, I'm a robot anymore. you know. and any right. thoughts on charisma when it comes to storytelling?
1: Well, I so two two answers. One is the only way I have found through sort of the veil of awkward when you first hold a microphone in your hand, when you first speak to a camera, yeah, the only the only way through it in my experience is through it. Mm. And willing being willing to be awkward and tell, You are not awkward anymore. I have not found a magic pill, a silver bullet, as you know, a a filter. Yep. Yep. A a camera filter that overcomes that. It is just hard to be yourself until you do it enough that you work through what makes us all so awkward and in our own head. The other thing, though, about Christmas specifically there is I've told you I'm a reader and there's a fabulous book on charisma. It's called cues by Vanessa van Edwards and yeah. she um, and she describes herself as a recovering awkward person and <laughs> uh, and speaking of um, of being willing to be authentic about your own journey to encourage others, she's a master at that. but she talks about how, You know, charisma has been kind of one of those things that you know it when you see it, but it's hard to define, Mm. but she references a Princeton study that did study, uh, what really makes charisma and what this Princeton study found was that charisma is high levels of warmth and high levels of competence. It's warmth answers the question. Can I trust you and competence answers the question, can I rely on you? And as leaders. The goal is high warmth and high competence because when you are really warm, if you but not you don't display confident competence much, we really like you, but we don't totally know if we can rely on you or trust you to run the business or you know lead sort of the tangible side of things. When you are too competent, but you don't pair that with warmth. We don't believe your competence and there's the book also references this great journal of the American Medical Association article where they asked um, a a series of patients to rate their doctors in competence and warmth and doctors who scored lower in warmth were more likely to be sued regardless of their tenure, their specialty. Ah. It is, you know, when we can't see your warmth, we don't trust your competence. Wow. Um, But the great thing is this book lays out specific nonverbal and verbal cues that we can use to help raise warmth if that's your area of struggle or raise competence if that's your area of struggle, because most everyone we know cares about people and has expertise in your area. It's just a matter of we don't always naturally showcase both of those. Right. But there're super simple tangible ways you right. can. And the the biggest problem is if you don't showcase warmth or competence, then, you know, we just disrespect you, disregard you. The best ideas go nowhere. Yep. If if you can't deliver yep. warmth and competence that really connects you with the people you lead.
0: Wow. Wow. I mean that that in and itself you gave us such good insight to you know, getting to a place where when we step on stage, we're we're having the same kind of conversation like you and I are having, you know, right now, we don't, sometimes yeah. people think, oh, when I step on stage, I have to become this whole other person, you know, yeah. I've got to put on my, you know, superhero speaking cape. And you're right. The charisma factor, the warmth, I mean, that just draws people in. I mean, that yeah. is, that's so incredible. So, you know,
1: one of, one of yeah, the best ahead. compliments anyone could ever give the women of faith team, you know, the speaker team over and over, we had two things. One was that the the speakers who took that stage were the same people on the stage as off. Yes. And I think that's something that I doubt any of them had their first day. They you know, they worked to that place where they yep. could get out of their heads and just serve from their hearts. And people would say, it's like I'm sitting in your living room also huge compliment and and easier to get to when you recognize that connection is more important than perfection perfection is not relatable but when you get out of your head and just into your heart and say you know here's who i am this is what i have to offer and i'm here to offer it in hopes that it helps someone in the room then like then you've got power you've got connectedness and you've got charisma
0: yes oh That is so good. So that kind of speaks into kind of the last quality I want to talk to you about, which is confidence, because Mm -hmm. I think some folks, they step on stage and they think, okay, I've got to be, you know, so confident that they have to know I'm the expert in this, you know, ah, you know, I mean, confidence is, is, is essential. We want to command the stage when we, we, Mm -hmm. you know, step on there, but how do we do that in a healthy way? How do we, you know, maintain confidence that comes, still comes across with that high level of charisma and warmth. Uh, yeah i would love your thoughts yeah. on it.
1: It, you know the the biggest principle i've never found a way around is that confidence comes from competence uh, that getting your reps in whether we want to ride a bike or run a marathon or give a speech whatever it is you know it is i've never found a substitute from for doing the work but i have uh, found a few specific elements that help cultivate confidence. And this way back in my women of faith days, when once I got kind of the physical fear symptoms managed and kind of got my mind right, it was a matter of I wanted to cultivate confidence because I knew the more I could just show up as myself and have a good time, the more it gave everyone in the room permission to show up as themselves and have a good time. Yes. And so a few of the a few of the ways i cultivated confidence for myself one was clarity mm. it it there are people who want to wing it they don't want to rehearse because they're afraid they won't be conversational and they won't be authentic i found exactly the opposite the more <laughs> i am clear on the the bullet points of why i'm here what we want to accomplish and kind of the three points i'm going to cover to get us there the more i have margin to really connect to be organic to be in the moment otherwise i'm so stinking focused on what is it i was gonna say yep i can't just be myself and two other quick ways i've found to cultivate confidence one is really commitment Mm. just having i i decided i was going to give this my best i didn't know if it was going to go well and i really had no no reason to believe it would but i decided I was going to go for it and see what happened i was more afraid of not trying than i was afraid of taking as many swings as it took to to get there yep and the other thing is that confidence is contagious and when you surround yourself with other people doing brave courageous things raising their hand and using their voices to impact the world knowing none of us is for everyone your message is not always going to land with everyone in the room.
0: Yep. But yep.
1: being willing to go for it, yep. it confidence and courage are contagious.
0: Wow! Wow! Absolutely. And you, what you just said there is so gold in the fact that not everyone is going to connect with you. I mean, you just have no. to you have to be okay with that. You know, and yep. if you yep. if you want to be a speaker and a storyteller, you know, you got to develop that thick skin so you can get to that realization of I, I'm not going to connect. with everybody. We may want to, you know, but you know, 99% of the, you know, surveys may come back. Great. And then there's that one, you know, who didn't like the, you know, I,
1: I, you know, before I speak, I always say a little prayer to kind of center myself and remind myself why we're here. And that prayer is always some version of, you know, just asking that my message would hit the mark with the people it's for. And that everyone in the room would just feel loved on along mm-hmm. the way, even if it's not exactly the message for them that day. That yep. everyone would feel encouraged, and um, and it's funny that you say that because I um I use a, a survey tool in my I spoke at a at a bank network women's leadership conference uh, last week, and I used a survey tool to get feedback, and the feedback I got was. It was fabulous, um, but one person one person in the question of would you like to hear Lori speak again one person said no, and I'm so bothered by that. But yet yeah, it's that's the that's the way you know. Sixty eight people filled out the survey. Yep. And one person said no. I I can't do math in my head, so I don't know what the percentage is. I know it's not bad. But really still, low. Yeah. But still, I, I'm bothered by the fact that one person said no. That's right. That's no, right. Thank you.
0: Gosh, that's the power that 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 communication has on us. Yeah, which is just the girl just, in the gray dress. That's right. Uh, it's just incredible. So be able to get to that place, you know, get, getting the reps, so you have that confidence is just incredible. Any uh, any advice you'd give? Kind of, we we kind of wrap up the conversation to aspiring storytellers who are looking at, okay, I, I really want to. I mean, you've given us already such gold, such so great insight. But is there any you know last minute advice that's kind of pop into your head? That would really help you know newer storytellers or you know veteran storytellers improve their storytelling
1: um i two things i would say one and like i said i'm a learner by nature that's just my it's it's my filter it's my tool and uh first of all i would pay attention to stories you engage with mm. and try to deconstruct those a bit you know what how was that story shared? What really engaged me? What did I remember most? Um, there's we are surrounded by good storytellers all the time as well. And there's something to be learned when we pay attention. The other is that I mentioned Storyworthy by Matthew Dix. The yep. other book and probably the book I've recommended more over the last 18 months or so since I read it is a book called Stories That Stick by Kendra Hall. And the thing that is interesting about that book is that it is it's storytelling from a strategic business perspective. Mm. So she specifically talks not just about why stories are powerful and what makes a story powerful, but also how you and I can lean into some specific stories that help us connect with the customers we want to work with or the clients we want to work with or or attract the team we want to have around us, or talk to our community about why, what it is we do helps everyone. So it's, it is just, it's another fabulous book on storytelling, but also from a perspective of using stories strategically in your work as a leader, as a business owner, as a business leader.
0: I love that. I love that. Okay. So before I let you go, we'd love to hit hit, get you some rapid fire questions, let our listeners kind of keep getting to know you and, you know, kind of continue this. You've already given us some great resources, but of all the speakers that you've heard or worked with, and I, you know, we don't, we don't want to just pick one, but is there one that you're like, Oh, I could listen to them all day long. Just love what they bring to the table.
1: Yeah. On, on a, um, on a large scale basis, the first person who comes to mind is Mel Robbins. And Mm. the things I really love about her, um, she's always pairing data with practical experience with stories. Um, And she's she is so stinking for you. If you don't get that, you're not paying attention. And that is irresistible. That, you know, that is kind of that charisma. Um, the second person I would say is lesser known, but someone we had on the women of faith stage numerous times. And there's an author and speaker named Andy Andrews. And Andy is a fabulous storyteller, but his stories are always with purpose Mm. story, you know, sort of sort of the parables model, you know, an earthly story, but with a much greater meaning and his, he's that kind of storyteller. Um, and his books are great. His his speaking is is really impactful.
0: I love it. Do you have a favorite podcast, either a development one or a guilty pleasure one that's just ooh, yeah. just fills you up? Yeah.
1: I so I I came to this podcast fairly recently. Um but there's a podcast called Encouraging the Encouragers by huh. uh Mitch Matthews and I am uh, he is he is encouraging and equipping coaches, consultants, uh, speakers, authors, you know, people of influence who, whatever your topic is, you're here to encourage the world, to inspire and equip people to to accomplish their dreams. And so I've really enjoyed kind of digging into that one.
0: Ah, oh, that's incredible. And then, uh, so lastly, I know when you, you know, traveled around and all the stadium stuff, I know you don't always get you know, to see the towns as much, but was there a favorite city when you guys were on tour or even when you go to speak now that you're like, oh, cannot wait to go back to this place.
1: You know, we, um, I always loved, so in when I worked at Women of Faith, we were headquartered in Dallas, I lived in Dallas. And if you have a traveling job, I just don't know if there's a better place to live than Dallas because we used to joke that uh, if you couldn't fly direct, did God really want you to go? and so that but we i always loved going to the northwest mm. to seattle to portland to billings montana just that sort of crisp air and yep kind people with a lot of personality um it i i've gone lots of great places and loved it but but that's the first that comes to I mind is just those those cities in the in the northwest it's just beautiful
0: i love it well, Lori, again, thank you so much for your time. I mean, you, I mean, you just gave us such incredible wisdom and some insight. Before I let you go, where can we send our listeners to find you online so they can get more information about what you do?
1: Awesome. Well, I I have loved our conversation, Jason, and and would love <laughs> to visit about any of these kinds of things anytime. You and I love have. It. Have shared sweet spots That's in right. communication, in encouragement, in uh, helping people find and use their voices. So uh, I think we could just talk all day. But um, I so my website is speakhercoach.com, dot com, speakher with an h coach dot com. Um, most that. of my most of my uh, coaching is focused on professional women, business owners, and C suite executives. Um, and then uh, I'm most active on LinkedIn on social.
0: Fantastic. And we'll, we'll post all of that in our show notes and in our email and our Facebook group and make sure you as our listeners get all of that. Well, again, Lori, thank you so much. And I agree. I mean, we could have, we could have done this all day and definitely I'll be, uh, I'll be asking again for a a second episode. So thank (laughs) thank you. you.
1: It's been so great to visit with you.
0: Love it. And thank you to our Speak With People listeners. Thank you every single week for tuning in. I don't know if we do that exactly with podcasts, but I love saying it. Thanks for being a part of the podcast community. If you are not a part of the Speak With People Facebook group, this is a group with hundreds and hundreds of leaders who are aspiring to elevate the importance and practice of healthy communication in their lives. So every single uh, week, we're trying to help each other grow and deepen our communication skills. Thank you again for being a part of this incredible series. If you missed any of it, head to speakwithpeople.com slash podcast. And you can catch up and we definitely love every single like comment and review really does help share this podcast with others. Hopefully you've been challenged and encouraged to elevate the importance of practice of healthy communication in your life and leadership. My hope is that you will speak with people and not at them. We'll see you next week.